Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Help Me Taylor podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Tucker. I'll be giving you all the behind the scenes scoop as I work as a journalist in small town America, focusing on a special project called Help Me Taylor, where you guessed it, people bring me a problem and then I try to help. So buckle up and enjoy. everyone and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Help Me Taylor. If you haven't listened to the episode from two weeks ago, part one of Amy Glanville, please go back and listen to that right now because nothing that you hear today will make any sense if you don't listen to part one. Um, A quick, quick recap for you. Amy Glanville is a divorced mother of three who lives in Kalispell. She has been accused of faking cancer for the past five years and accepting tens of thousands of dollars in donation from the community, particularly through her church and other different organizations. So for AIR on Montana right now, we aired four different stories for television. In the last episode, we discussed the first two stories. So how this story came about in the first place, how we progressed it into the second piece. When we left off, Megan and I were discussing our use of anonymous sources, why they're good sometimes, why they're bad sometimes. And this episode picks up right in that same conversation, mainly focusing on the fact that we kind of hit a wall. Thanksgiving was right around the corner at this point and our reporting was starting to stall out a little bit. So without further ado, I will leave you all to listen to part two of Amy Glanville. Yeah, I I think we all realized, you know, by that time it was Thanksgiving, we needed a break. We were going to take a moment to breathe, but we still wanted to do a follow-up story. This time we dedicated our time not only to any investigation updates from the sheriff's office, but we also wanted to break down the timeline and the money element even further because up until this point, there was still a lot of wild numbers being thrown out there that I'm not even going to say because not all of them Mm -hmm. have been proven or disproven. We just based on our investigation were able to come up with about $50,000. As of, yep. Um, that we know for a fact was donated to her from community members and we don't know what she did with it because she wasn't using it for treatment um, based on what Mm -hmm the church is saying and what has come out since then so yeah we wanted to um to dive even further and luckily we have an amazingly talented graphics team both in Spokane and in Billings who helped out with this story and they were able to take the documents we had and the social media posts and put it in like a really cool timeline so I know you're listening to this story right now but if you are able to go back and watch it online uh, I think those visual elements really add something. 
And at it. this point, remember, we still have yet to hear from Amy, but that's not for lack of trying. Yeah, I mean, I called her literally, I, I can't even tell you how many times, over a dozen times mm -hmm. at this point, I had tried calling her. I had tried calling the church to get further comment from them. At this point, they basically told me, you know, what we said in the service last week is where it's at. We're not commenting any further. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, here is a listen to our third piece in the story, again, featuring many of the same people and introduced by Angela Marshall. This story aired December 4th. Well, it's a story that we brought you exclusively on Montana right now. A woman reaches out, concerned her family is being taken advantage of in their church, and that's when she came to us saying, help me, Taylor. Police hoping to have more headway on the investigation this week, and Taylor Tucker brings us an update on that investigation, plus new information on how thousands of dollars ended up in the wrong hands. Amy Glanville, a divorced mother of three who had claimed to be living with cancer for the past several years. Certainly ask you to continue to pray for Amy and for the kids uh, as our family uh, tries to care for them. Her church, East Haven Baptist in Kalispell, rallying behind her. Then, just last month, a bombshell revelation. It was all a lie. None of us could have ever imagined that everything was being made up. The hundreds, probably thousands of text messages that I received from imaginary doctors to three separate cell phones from three different area codes all being registered to the same person who was posing as those medical professionals. So now the woman who first reached out to me isn't the only one concerned. Hundreds of people are wondering where did our donations go and how are the police getting involved? We watch TV shows and stuff like that, they have these things solved in 30 minutes or less. Um, when we're working in the real worlds of courts and requesting information and those types of things, um, those take time. Now, I spoke with the sheriff again this morning. He tells me they were planning to conduct another interview today, followed by one more next week, and then take what they have to the county attorney's office. It's an investigation that's been a long time coming. Most relevant information, I'd say, that you know, came in was... Um, about January and then, you know, a little bit later we, you know, received it in February, so. But Amy Glanville's story really began in May of 2014 when court documents show her and her husband, Tim Glanville, officially divorced. By December of 2015, Amy announced she had cancer, and the following month, a GoFundMe was created. According to social media accounts, East Haven Church started getting involved in the spring of 2017 with a silent auction that raised $15,000. Food trains were created, gift cards donated, thousands of dollars raised by the community. And quietly, in July of 2018, court documents show Pastor Daniel Lambert and his wife Vicki became co-guardians of Amy's three children. So where do we stand today? Well, we know that tens of thousands of dollars have been donated, and though investigators are still in the early stages, it doesn't look as though many people will be getting their money back. But I'll continue to follow this story and bring you any updates as they become available. Reporting in Great Falls, Taylor Tucker, Montana Right Now. Taylor, thank you so much. Now, if you have a problem that needs a solution, please reach out to Taylor. You can find her on Facebook or email her at helpmetaylor at montanarightnow.com. Okay, so this story, as you just heard, featured more of a breakdown, got into the, more of the details of the investigation. 
Um, but it really, and maybe you would disagree with me, Megan, but it really felt like we had hit a wall on our end because again, no one was talking to us. No one was returning our calls. So there was really only one thing left for us to do. To do. It, it was, it was very frustrating because of course, you know, we fully expected the church to not say anything. That's uh-huh. just like you said earlier, that's how it goes. We get it. Um, but at this point, I think at this point you had just finished up your quarantine. Yeah. And um, we had said all along, we got to get up there. Yeah, we, we got to get to Kalispell. to get up there. Which is, we thought it was like three hours away. Um, I don't know why we thought that because it actually is like three and a half, almost four, to four. <laughs> of a drive for us. Yeah. And so, and I will say <sighs> again, as a manager, I was not about to send Taylor up there by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I wanted to go being invested in this story, but I also knew we needed one more thing in our back pocket. And that thing was a very talented young man, Joe. <laughs> Joe is based out of Missoula, and he is a fantastic photographer. He's an awesome dude to work with, and he made this trip um, and this story so much better, just to be able to allow all of us to focus on individual things. Mm -hmm. So we make the three-and-a-half-hour trip up to Kalispell. That's where we met Joe. Yeah, so that was last week. By the time this podcast is released, it will have been two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. if you're still tracking the timeline with us. Megan and I made that trip. Uh, with Joe, we had a loose plan in place, but really <laughs> our plan was just knock on as many doors as possible, get as much B-roll footage of the area as possible, and and try to track down three key people. And that was Amy, her parents, and her ex-husband. There's a lot of things in this story that I personally find fascinating that other people are like, oh yeah, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. The road that Amy lives on, a good chunk of those people who live there all go to East Haven Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy lives next door to her parents. Her parents own Amy's house, their house, and then the house on the other side of them. Yes. So there's like this connection all on this road. I'm like, they should call this East Haven Boulevard. And yeah. apparently they joke about that. And they're like, yeah, we really should. Yeah. Um, so we get up there. Um, it, it was... It was insane. It was insane. It, it was scary. <laughs> you know, and there's a safety concern there. And yeah. again, not because Taylor's incapable of this, but there's a safety concern of I'm not sending you door knocking four hours away without having somebody right there to make sure that we're all okay because we have no idea what we're getting ourselves into. Yeah, and so on just a personal note, I discuss this with, with Megan a lot. When it comes to my job and when it comes to being a journalist, I'll do what I need to do to get mm-hmm. what we need to get because I truly believe that what we do is important. But it doesn't mean I like what I have to do. And I personally um, have a problem with knocking on people's mm-hmm. doors. That's, that's just like my own opinion. I hate it. I think it's completely intrusive. I think it's completely inappropriate. But my managers disagree. <laughs> so I knocked on a bunch of people's doors. Um, and Part of this <laughs> podcast is to kind of let you guys in on some of the behind the scenes stuff with, with our jobs. Mm-hmm. While I, and I, I don't say this with tongue in cheek at all, I truly mean this, while I truly appreciate where Taylor's coming from and I understand where you're coming from, there's part of me that, that just goes, I, I get it. And it, it almost, I don't want to say it blew up in our face a little bit up there, mm. but you know, 
I get it, but at the same time, you're right. It's no, we we got to go knock. We got to go try. Right, because and they're not answering our phone calls. They're not answering our phone calls. Mm-hmm. They're not answering Facebook messages. Facebook pages have been deleted. We have done everything we need to, we can do, short of going and knocking on a door. Now, to be fair, again, I would encourage you to go watch this next piece. We're not walking up with camera in face, going, "What do you have to say about this?" Mm-hmm. We, from a legal standpoint, are on public property. We're on the street, so that's how it's public. Mm -hmm. Um, We are recording. Montana law allows us to record on a public street dang near anything. Mm -hmm. Interesting fact, um, I can legally record into your home as long as I'm on a public street. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. We have two-party consent law for recording a telephone conversation. Uh Uh-huh. However, I legally can record into your home. Yeah. Now, is that intrusive? Absolutely. Would I do that? I'll be honest, probably depends on the story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But, yeah. Um, so going back to the consent law, just for people who sure. aren't familiar, what that means is that me as a reporter or just as a citizen, if I call up Megan to have a conversation and I'm recording, I legally have to tell her I'm recording and get her permission to record. Correct. Both or, parties have to be aware and okay with it. So that's why for any of you in Montana who get interviewed, especially over the phone, will say, okay, I'm recording now. Mm-hmm. And then once I hit record, I go, okay, hey, I have this recording going. And a lot of times I'll say, and we've agreed upon this, right? So that I have that right. audio, you know, so that's how that all um comes into play but still so we we get up there we do this story uh yeah it it was two days up there that we spent right yes two short days because we had to drive so dang much but but we still got done what we needed to get done so before we get even more into the behind the scenes of the trip here's the story that eventually came out of that trip it's a little different um and i'm It'll be interesting to see how this translates on a podcast, mm-hmm. just audio-wise, because there's no sound from anyone other than myself out in the field, you know, doing what I have to do, reporting. So keep that in mind as you're listening. This aired on December 14th and is introduced by our anchor, Greg Lamott. One Kalispell woman has spent the better part of her days holed up in her house. Amy Glanville recently told her church, the East Haven Baptist, that medical conditions that she claimed to have were all made up, including her cancer diagnosis. The church rallying around her for the past five years, hoping, praying, and raising tens of thousand dollars, all to help her out. Taylor Tucker has been in Kalispell getting updates on the investigation and has more of what more neighbors are saying to help Taylor. Oh, Joe, I just got a text from the sheriff. He says in Zoom conference call today, so can't meet, but I can tell you we have done seven interviews, five subpoenas, and two search warrants since we last talked. Still have several interviews to do. So there's our update. That was last week in Kalispell as me and my team worked to get updates from the sheriff's office on the investigation. It's been nearly a month since I first broke the news and there's still no charges and no word from Amy herself. Hi, this is Mimi. Leave a message and I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Thanks. And while we are waiting for those updates, we spent time in Amy's neighborhood trying to get a better understanding of who she is and how this could have happened. 
It wasn't just Amy's door I knocked on to get answers. Her parents live right next door. We would really love to hear how you guys are holding up in your side of the story. I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you. Tim Glanville, Amy's ex-husband, lives in Whitefish, so I headed there next, but no one was home. We even tried some local businesses on Kalispell's Main Street just to see what people have heard. They didn't have much to say, but at least one woman who wished to remain anonymous echoed what we've heard from several other people. When family friends went to visit Amy, it was in a dark room. She was covered in blankets, and after five minutes, she would ask them to leave because she wasn't feeling well. So while the pieces of how Amy may have deceived people are starting to fall into place, there's still so many questions left unanswered as neighbors and church members wait to see what happens next after one woman prayed on their faith. Reporting in Kalispell, Taylor Tucker, Montana Right Now. And right after the team returned from Kalispell, Taylor spoke again to the sheriff's office. They still don't have a date as to when the investigation will wrap up, but they do expect to have more information after the first of the year. Okay, so no one talked to us, um, <laughs> if you didn't gather. Amy didn't answer her door. Her parents were, her mother was lovely, but didn't want to talk. Um, her ex-husband didn't answer the door, and that was pretty much it. We had some great conversations mm -hmm. with people in the neighborhood, to be, to be perfectly open and, and honest. However, they're still just not ready to go on camera. Mm -hmm. And we absolutely are respecting that because this is a very, very personal story for people who specifically belong to this church and helped her. Mm -hmm. What I found the most interesting was people are saying, I don't want my money back. Yeah. I don't want my money back. I want to know how this could have happened and what's who. I want to know who's being held accountable for this because this is some stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. And one thing, now that I've had a, a chance to kind of take a step back and breathe and think about the story up until this point, this is the kind of story that like Dateline yes. does, you know, specials about. A woman has completely or is being accused of completely fooling everyone. Not for a week, not for a month, for five years. Right. It's insane. So the fact that this is such a huge story, it's so crazy, we've been covering the heck out of it. Other than us, and I could be wrong, but other than us, I think two local newspapers have run short stories about it, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That just goes to show how small of a community Kalispell is. Mm -hmm. You know, that it, I don't want to be, I don't want to say it's being swept under the rug because I don't think it is. But to a certain extent, like people don't want to talk about it. They're upset. They're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I, I spoke to a woman, who, again, who called me just the other day who didn't want to go on camera, but just wanted to talk it out, you know, mm -hmm. share what she knew, which wasn't anything new. But she said, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're embarrassed that they were fooled yeah. for five years. We were all tricked based on what pastor daniel has said in his conversations with amy um and he even said i believe he even said in in his messages i, I, I feel fooled like mm -hmm. how did i not see this mm -hmm. and there's so many questions that all of us had you know amy and her three kids well where are her three kids and and what's happening to them and 
there's um, guardianship. Why, why would you sign your kids over to the pastor? Well, right. So many things that just human nature, we have questions and you just go, I just can't wrap my head around this. And all of them, as of this recording, still unanswered. Yeah. You know? I'm really hoping that the police are able to answer these questions for us. It'll be interesting to see how forthcoming they're able to be with what information they have. It'll be interesting to see if the prosecutor decides to charge this case and move forward. Um, but, you know, quite frankly, like, this is where we're at. We're at a standstill right now. I've been bugging the heck out of the sheriff's office. Luckily, they're really nice and they're being patient with me and trying to help me. But honestly, they're really busy. There's only a handful of detectives in the office and it's the holidays. So we're gonna be lucky if we get any real update after the new year. Frankly, I'm not expecting anything until maybe a little after that. Um, I, so I will we'll say the Flathead County Sheriff's Department is amazing. Yeah. I think um, we've worked with a handful of police departments and counties uh, or sheriff's departments. And nine times out of ten, the answer we get is it's under investigation, mm -hmm. so I can't say anything. The mm -hmm. fact that they are willing to share some of this stuff and is amazing to me and the, some of the detail they're giving us. And I wish that some other places, some other departments <laughs> would take a note out of their book or a page out of their book because you can give us stuff to work with that, in my opinion, does not hinder your investigation. We don't want, as journalists, don't want to do anything to hinder your investigation. That's not what we want. Because if somebody has done something wrong, we want them to be held accountable for it too, mm -hmm. um, just as a human being. But it has been, I have never in the 16 years that I have been doing broadcast journalism covered anything like this, I have never gone to the lengths that we have gone to, to get this story. And I'm super proud of the work that this team has done. Um, and I would stack it up against anybody's work. And we're, we haven't even scratched the surface on this thing. Mm -hmm. Again, so many unanswered questions. Um, what we do know is that, you know, you mentioned this in one of the stories of all the money that was donated to her, it appears probably no one's gonna get even a penny back. Right. I mean, the way that you try to recover money in a fraud case that's as complicated as this one is complicated in and of itself. And the fact that no, no one really, really cares about the money part of it, I think is, you know, I hope it doesn't, but mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if that affects whether or not they take this to court. It is. And after listening to everything that, that we've done so far, I, I say we and I mean Taylor has done so far, um, you know, you get to form your own opinions, your own thoughts about who all may have been involved, who wasn't involved, how it happened, all of this. And we want to hear from you. So make sure that you're following this podcast because we will definitely be updating this as we get more information. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with all of that being said, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Help Me Tailor. If you've liked what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast and make sure you subscribe so you never miss a new episode. This has been a Montana Right Now production. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.